Amen. Give someone a distant high five. Grab your seats. If you're watching online, give your screen a high five. If you're in the hall, if you're in the hall, can you just shout really loud? Hear that? They are paying attention. It means it's working out there. It's great. Very, very cool. Well, it's so, so good to be here. Um, what feels like we are starting again, that we don't, I feel nervous. I haven't done this for eight months. Um, I'm used to just talking to a, a camera um, and then they can edit out all the mistakes. So I'm sorry about that this morning. <laughs> You'll get all the mistakes. That's why it, as all the sermons go for much shorter because it, it's much more concise and then when it's in person, it just seems to drag on forever because it's not edited. You know, there's been um, so much change this year um, throughout um, our church life. There's been babies that have been born um, people are pregnant. Lauren and Ben are expecting a child in May next year. My sister is expecting a baby in about three days, no, ten weeks. <laughs> my, uh, Rochelle, yeah. I don't know if you know my, my youngest baby sister, Brooke and Royce, they had twins in Wodonga. Um, and there's other, I, I, I haven't got them all written down, but there's plenty of other like family news. People have been coming to town. We've got new people in the building this morning that have been joining us for church online throughout the year that have moved or have um, joined in this year and now they're here in person. So much. But there's also some sad news. People have been moving and things have been changing. And part of this sad news is that we are saying goodbye to the boomers. Jake and Lou and the family are heading back west, back to their motherland and... Um, we are going to miss them terribly. I'm going to ask Jake and Lou just to come up for a moment. We're going to pray for them and, and give them a gift. But um, as they come up, Jake and Lou have been part of our community on and off for a, a, the past sort of decade, maybe a little bit more, 11 years. Um, and most recently, in the, in the last um, couple of years, uh, last few years, they've been leading our kids' ministry, SBC Kids, um, and have done a fantastic job. They've been faithful throughout this whole year as well with Zoom every Sunday morning, um, making videos, connecting with the kids, leading a team, uh, and so they're leaving really big shoes to fill, and we're going we're gonna to miss you guys um, so much, as you can take, your, take that off so we can see your face. Um, and so the, the kids' party on Friday is sort of the last kids' event with Jake and Lou, so if you've got SBC kids, if you're watching, if you're in the hall, wherever you are, make sure you, you really make an effort to get your kids along. To the, to the party on Friday afternoon. I think it starts at four. We're going to do it in the backyard, pending weather. Um, it's looking good. It's going to be warm. It's going to be a good day uh, for SBC kids. So, yeah, we really want to thank you and honour you for all the, the effort, for the, the time, the, the prayer, um, everything that you've put into to this church, not just in kids, but in small group. You know, Jake's been leading a small group um, through the last couple of years as well. And on the ministry leadership team, there's, I mean, I probably can't remember all the things that you're doing, but so much. Uh, they're, they're heavily involved and they're heavily committed and, and we're, they're going to leave a big, uh, a big gap. So we just wanted to take a moment this morning just to say thank you, to honour them. So if you could just um, give them a, a clap, just say thank you. We're going to miss you. Do you know when you're flying out yet? Uh, no. no. <laughs> we're supposed to be, yeah, we're supposed to be next week, but, um, but I think this might be their last service with us this morning. We've got a little a little thank you to, um, to give you, and I thought we could just pray for them and the family as they, as they head back to, 
to Geraldton for, and to Perth um, and the new season that they find themselves in. God would open the doors and, and show you um, where you're supposed to be serving and you know, get your kids connected and all that. So, so let's uh, reach out your hands if, uh, if you're in that sort of way. Um, pray with us this morning. God, we thank you for Jake and Lou and the kids. And God, we, we give you praise that you have brought them to us for this season, that you have enabled them to, uh, to be such a part of our community, to, to give so much. And, and we just pray that as they move into this next season of their life, that you would go before them. We know that you are. We know that you're there preparing, um, preparing the community that they'll be a part of, the schools, the church, the, the workplaces, and uh, the families, all the things that they're, they're heading across to, God, we know that you are already there, you're already at work, and, and God, we just pray that you would continue to bless them and go before them uh, as they step into what you have for them in the next uh, season of their life. God, we give you praise for them, we give you thanks for them, and we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we thank you, guys. Oh, I won't give it over to you for a speech, but I didn't warn you for that. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Make sure you um, stick around, say goodbye. We're going to, if it's not raining, we're going to um, head out into the backyard after church so people can see who's in the other room. You heard them across the wall, um, but you'll be able to see them. Hey, um, let me add to, to Lauren's welcome as well. It's great to have you, uh, especially online as well. Um, don't worry if you don't have a PIN number for the meeting. If, if some of you went, oh, what PIN number? What's that? Um, they'll be given out at the start of the meeting when you sign into Zoom. Um, so don't stress if you're not sure what that meant. Um, it will make sense um, when you join the meeting at 12 on Zoom. Got a message for us this morning. I want to um, encourage you to get your Bibles, get your phones. Um, Colossians 3, verse 14 to 17. We're in the, in the middle of a little series um, called Thanksgiving and Worship. And this morning we're going to be talking about this idea of grateful words. Last week, Lawrence uh, spoke to us about grateful hearts. Uh, and this morning, I want to um, talk about this idea of grateful words. And I want to set it up with this little scripture in Colossians chapter 3, which says this, Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you are also called in one body, rule your hearts, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you, in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. God, this morning as we come around Your Word, for these next few moments, we just pray that You would speak to our hearts, that You would encourage us, that You would challenge us, that You would build us up to the people that You've called us to be. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One thing that I've never understood is eating competitions. Has anyone ever entered an eating competition? You have, Jason. I imagine you would have won, probably, too. <laughs> I've never understood eating competitions. I mean, I look at any like hot dog eating contest or any video I've ever seen of an eating I've never seen one live, and probably... I mean, we used to do them in youth ministry, but they weren't as much as you could eat. They were just, like, the grossest thing you could think of to eat. Um, even that was obviously gross, but... It just looks disgusting. It looks like it wouldn't be fun to be a part of. I mean, I imagine the first few, two or three hot dogs would be enjoyable to eat. Um, but after that, I feel like you would just be sick. You'd just be like forcing something down your, down your gob that you never or you don't really feel like eating at all. 
Um, if the eating contest was like, just eat until you're full, I'd be all in on something like that. I think that'd be a, a fun contest to be a part of. It's just like, here's all the food. You just eat as much until you're full. And then when you're full, you stop. First one who's full wins. And that's it. I mean, it'd, it'd be hard to judge who was being honest and who wasn't. How do you judge if you're full? But, uh, and it'd probably be a boring competition. But the point is this, that I think it's easy to do something when you feel like doing it. And it gets harder to do something the less you feel like doing it. Um, you know, on Christmas Day when you've eaten all you can eat and then someone brings out and it's like four o'clock and it's like, all right, what should we have for dinner? And you're like, <laughs> nothing, asleep. Uh, we don't want anything for dinner. Like, um, and you don't feel like eating anymore. You don't feel like doing something and, and someone asks you to do something. I know for young kids especially, it's like clean your room, pack up your toys. It's like, they don't, for whatever, for whatever reason, God has not made young kids to want to clean. Um, it's not innate in their, at least I've discovered in my boys, it's, it's not something that they want in their hearts to do all the time. You say, do you want a biscuit? Do you want some chocolate? Do you want to watch the TV? Do you want to uh, get a new toy? It's like, yes, you know, of course, that's in their heart. They want to do that every single day, every single moment of their life. Um, it's not uh, easy to do something when you don't feel like doing something. It's very hard to do that. Um, and I think it's the same thing when we talk about this idea of grateful words. When we talk about giving thanks with our lips, it's a very hard thing to do if our hearts aren't feeling it. You know, when someone gives you something or someone does something for you and you know that you should say thank you, um, you have to sort of remind yourself, oh yeah, I better say thank you because it's the right thing to do, even though you might not feel it. Uh, maybe the thing that they did for you was not something you really wanted in your life or um, were, were hoping for. Um, kids are great at that as well. When you give them a present, they're just like, what is this? And it's like, no, say thank you. Uh, it's like, you can tell, you know, they just, they wear their hearts on their sleeves. Um, and, and this morning I want to uh, echo what Lauren talked about last week. And it was around this idea that that, that real gratitude uh, flows from a heart that's full of it. Real gratitude flows from a heart that is full of it. Colossians 3, the, the little passage we just read, verse 15 there, it said, let the peace of Christ to which you are also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. So when something rules your heart, when the peace of Christ rules your heart, when, when Jesus has got a grip of your heart, it will lead to thanksgiving. It will lead to thanksgiving. It starts with our hearts, the peace of Christ ruling our heart, and then it overflows uh, into our words. And so this morning I want to encourage you around a, a number of things, but the first one is this, that we would feed our heart with the knowledge of who God is and what He has done, and that that knowing and that knowledge would lead to us thanking, that it would overflow into our words. Luke 6, verse 45, talks about this same idea as well. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And so when we talk about this idea of giving thanks with our words, with giving thanks with our lips, it's so important that it's at, it starts in our heart. It's out of the overflow of our heart. It's easy to say thank you when you're thankful. It's easy to say thank you when you are thankful. It's hard to say thank, thank you when you're not thankful. So teach your heart to be thankful by remembering what is worth giving thanks for. And it's important that our, our heart sense of thanksgiving overflows into our words. You know, I think sometimes we can be thankful. We can think about uh, what God has done, who He is. 
uh, we can come to church and we can hear the song, we can hear the message and it stirs something in us of like some, some sort of gratitude or some sort of thanksgiving, some sort of worship. And this morning I want to encourage us that don't let it stay in your heart, but let it come out. Let it come out of your, your mouth, whether through word, whether through singing. Let it come out. It's so important that we um, verbalize our thanks, that we verbalize our, our gratitude and our worship. Hebrews 13, 15 tells us, through him, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. We are a worshiping people. We are a people that confess our praise. We don't just think it. We don't just feel it. We confess our thanksgiving. We confess our worship. And so if you are thankful, if you remember an attribute of God that you're grateful for or you see something in your life or you see something in your world during your day and you remember um, and, and it stirs up something of, of thanksgiving, take it to your lips. Let it come out. Let it be verbalized. Let it be sung. Let it be spoken. And let's be a people that are grateful people because it, it doesn't just affect us, but it affects the atmosphere and affects the relationships of the people around us as well. You know, when you're around someone that is always thankful, when you're around someone that is always full of gratitude, it reminds you to be grateful too. It stirs something in you and, and changes your perspective on, on what you're seeing. You remember something about God. It, it reminds you. So get in the habit of verbalizing your gratitude, not just feeling it. But what happens when your heart is not full of thanksgiving? What happens when you don't feel like giving thanks? What happens when you walk into the building or you sit at home or you sit in the hall, uh, wherever you are, and you just hear the song and you think, ah, oh, just not feeling it. I don't feel thankful this morning. I don't feel like giving praise. I don't feel like gratitude. I don't uh, feel like being um, gratuitous. Is that the word? No, um, let's go with that. Um, what happens when you aren't full of gratitude and you aren't full of thanksgiving? I think in those moments, there's still uh, the step of obedience to confessing our thanks. It teaches our hearts to be thankful. It's like this circle. The more, we, the more we're thankful, the more we speak it. The more we speak it, the more we're thankful. We, our, our, our heart takes note of what comes out of our mouth. And so even if we're not thankful, if we begin to speak it, if we begin to sing it, it will, it will change our hearts. It will change our heart's perspective. It will remind us of the things of God. It will remind us of the things that we are to be thankful for. Knowing leads to thanking. Psalm 100 talks about this, that when we know who God is, then we know God, we enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. It starts with knowing. So we feed our heart with knowledge of who God is and what He has done. The more we know, the more we're thankful. And when we speak our words out, when we continue to sing our words out, we fill our mind with the truth of Jesus through our words. It leads to our heart's transformation. It overflows. It's just like this circle, this snowball effect. And when we're thankful in our hearts and in our words, um, it, it stops us being sinful or selfish. You know, in Ephesians 5, it talks about this idea that obscene stories, uh, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Thankfulness out of our lips, out of our mouth, is actually a, like the opposite of being sinful. It's, the, it's the, the best thing we could do to make sure that our words are the, the things that God would want us to be thinking about, the, the, the attitudes that God would want us to have when we replace 
our words with words of thanksgiving, with words of gratefulness. It changes our life. It changes our hearts. Thanksgiving replaces sin. And we can turn our hearts around through our words, even when we don't feel like it, so that our heart will turn around and we will feel it. Because there would be times in our life when we don't feel like giving thanks, when we don't feel like giving praise. But it's important that we give it anyway, to remind ourselves of who God is and what He has done. When I was thinking about this, I'm I'm reminded of a story in um, Acts 16 of Paul and Silas. And if you've been around church, you might know this story. And Paul and Silas, um, I'm going to cut a long story short, but they're basically put in prison for for doing the will of God, for, for following God's commands, for doing what they should be doing. And they're put in prison because they're doing what God wanted them to do. And you could imagine in that moment that would lead to a, a moment maybe of not being thankful to God, of not being, um, not uh, God, I'm not really thankful for this situation. I'm not really thankful that I was doing what you wanted and then I ended up here. You know, this is not a good thing. And I'm sure there would have been um, in Paul and Silas's heart maybe a sense of like, I don't feel thankful for this situation that I'm in. But for some reason, you read this story, and Paul and Silas, at midnight, it says, they were singing their songs. They were praising God. They were thankful. They were, they were full of gratitude towards God. And it overflowed into their lips, even when their heart wasn't feeling it. And it changed the atmosphere that they were in. I mean, in, in their instance, it was a miracle. The, the prison doors all flung open, and they all, uh, there was freedom that they experienced through their thanksgiving and worship. And I believe that God can still do these types of miracles. But I think sometimes the miracle is just our heart's transformation. The prison we find ourselves in, in our own mind, through activities of others, words of others. Maybe you have seasons in your life where you're in the middle of a season where you just don't feel like being thankful because of what has happened around you, what other people have done to you, what people have said to you. And you're in this prison of of anger, of bitterness, of anything but thanksgiving. I want to encourage you that even in those moments, you can begin to give thanks. You can begin to give praise. You can remind yourself of who God is, of what He has done, and there will be a a freedom experience in your mind. It will transform your heart. When it doesn't seem fair or right, I want to encourage you to sing your song, praise your God, get your mind and your heart's attention onto that which is good, onto that which is perfect. So, my challenge this morning is how can you feed your heart with knowing God more this week? How can you feed your God so that it will overflow into your words? So that it will confess, you'll begin to confess His goodness, reminding yourself of, of the cross. Maybe through reading the Word or speaking uh, about Jesus with someone. Maybe through singing songs during the week. There are so many ways we can feed our heart. And real gratitude flows from a heart full of it. It's like this circle that I've talked about. The more you feed your heart, the more thanksgiving and worship um, come from your mouth. The more you feed your heart, it goes round and round and round. It's this never-ending cycle. And so as, as we finish this morning, and as we begin to, we're going to move into a time of communion, I'm going to ask the team to come back up. We're going to take a moment where we're going to remember Jesus. We're going to remind ourselves of who He is and what He has done. Feed our hearts with with the cross, with salvation, with the gospel. Let's really take a moment now, maybe it would help if you closed your eyes where you were, to really think about the sacrifice of the one who was perfect and without sin. And as we think about this, we begin to 
to move our hearts towards thanksgiving and worship. Jesus' death is represented in communion. It's for us to take together as a family, but it's for us to remember that our sin, our separation from God has been dealt with on the cross. Anything that you can think of that might be in between you and God right in this moment has already been dealt with on the cross. Any sin, any barrier, Jesus has paid the price for that sin. He has paid the price for that guilt and for that shame. It's already been paid for on the cross. And so as we sing and as we worship during this last moments, I want to encourage you to remind your heart of this fact, of this truth, that Jesus has taken your place on the cross. We've got the bread and we've got the juice. You've got, um, hopefully, communion prepared at home for yourself. And as we, as we take this, we're reminded of the body of Christ and the blood of Christ, that Jesus took our place, that he brought us freedom, that he offers us a new life. And so if you're in this room, if you're in the hall next door, I want to encourage you as we sing and, and worship this song, just to come down the front. Um, someone will serve you communion. Just um, put your hand out and they'll pass it to you. Um, don't snatch it from the plates or the, the bowls. And um, someone will give you communion. You can take it back to your, to your seat and take it in your own time. But I want to encourage you through this time as well to confess to use your words, to to confess your thanksgiving, to speak out your praise, to speak out your worship. Not just let it in your heart, but to let it overflow. Let it overflow. So God, we thank you this morning. We thank you that we can give you praise and thanks, even when we don't feel it, even when there's things in our world that maybe we're not thankful for. God, we can always be thankful for you. We can always be thankful for Jesus for the price that he's paid on the cross, for the way he has taken us from death to life, for the way he has transformed our hearts to to know you, to follow you. And God, this morning we pray that as we take communion, that we might be reminded again of who Jesus is, of what he has done for us. And that that thanksgiving, that worship might overflow into our words. God, that you might change us. You might change the atmosphere around us as we confess our thanks, as we give our praise. God, we're so thankful for the cross. We're so so thankful for for what you've done for us. God, and we we worship you. We, We choose to give you praise this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, this morning. Thank you for those online. It's great to have you with us as well. If you're sticking around in the building, um, can I encourage you to either stay in the room that you're a part of or you can head outside into the backyard. We can't have everyone in the foyer. There's too many people, so you have to stay in your room or, or head out, head straight outside. We'll see you next Sunday.